He ran 20 yards, cut left, stiff-armed the opposition, almost fell down, and finally crossed the goal line. And then Black Friday was over. (laughs) Sometimes the season brings out maybe not quite the right attitude toward life, but we, we all understand that, that our attitude is important, and especially this time of year as we celebrate God's great gift to us. Our attitude is so essential in life. There's one thing that you choose in life. Now, there's a lot of things you can't choose. You can't choose the weather. We don't exactly have the most ideal weather today. We, we didn't get to choose that this morning. You don't get to choose your family. Now, now most of us, we, we love our families. We're, we're glad for our families. But then there's a few of them that, you know, once Thanksgiving dinner is over, we're probably kind of glad that we got that behind us for another year. You understand what I mean. But, but we don't get to choose our family. You do, however, get to choose your attitude. The weather can be raining on your parade or it can be making your garden bloom. You get to choose which of those it's going to be for you. In fact, your attitude toward life can in many ways determine your outlook in life. So what is the right attitude? Well, Paul identifies the attitude every believer should have in this wonderful passage of Scripture found in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, where we'll be reading this morning. Here's what the Scripture says. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. I like it when God makes it simple. I I need simple. I don't do complicated very well. But I, I, I like simple. And it's really easy to figure out what this verse means in whatever we face in life. We are called to have the attitude of Christ. Now, okay, we know we're supposed to do that, but exactly how do we go about having the attitude of Jesus? Or more important, in the heat of the moment, when things are really starting to boil over, how do we remember to have the attitude of Jesus? Well, as is so often the case A song will help. There are many scholars who believe that the verses that follow verse 5 here in Philippians are are actually a record of a hymn that was sung by early believers. And it was more than just a snappy tune. This song was a reminder to live life daily in the attitude of Christ. Now to do that, obviously we, we need to know what the attitude of Christ is. So let's take a look at Christ's attitude and how it fits within this passage of Scripture this morning. First of all, Jesus was willing to let go. There is so much about Jesus that I don't just immediately think about. There are those who say he was a great teacher. There are those who say he was a great miracle worker. But they don't understand the whole of the story. Jesus was those things, but he was so much more. Uh, The fact is, I'm not sure any of us in our human inabilities is able to fully understand everything that Jesus is. 
The first line of the hymn that Paul quotes here illustrates how much there is about Christ that we just don't comprehend. Verse 6 and 7 are that first stanza of the hymn, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. There is so much in these two verses, it is impossible to fully describe everything that is contained here. The the deeper you dig into this verse, the deeper it goes. But first of all, Jesus here, in no uncertain terms, is identified fully as God. He is in His very nature. God, one and the same. Now, folks, I'm going to be honest with you. I cannot get my mind around the meaning, the full meaning of the Trinity. That God is Father, Son, and Spirit, and yet fully one. That is a concept that goes beyond what my feeble little mind can understand. Now, I have heard some, some explanations through the years that, that helped me get a little bit of a handle on it. Uh, I'm my daughter's father. I'm my parent's son. I'm my wife's husband, and yet I'm still just me. Uh, that kind of fits a little bit. Or, or that water can be solid as ice, or it can be liquid as, as water, or it can be gas as, as steam, and yet it's still water. I, I, I kind of get that. Uh, There are several more of those kinds of of earthly illustrations that at least give us a glimpse as to to what God is being, being three in one. But the real difficulty is there just isn't anything else in our world that really compares to this. The only way to fully define what the Trinity is is to say that that's who God is. And I'm okay with that. That's okay with me. I am not bothered by things that I can't fully explain. I tell my car mechanic that all the time. He, he tries to explain to me exactly what was wrong with my car and exactly what it was that he did. I shake my head and say, well, is it fixed? He says yes, and I drive off happy. I don't have to know how it works as long as he does. Now, for me, the same is true for God. I don't have to understand everything about him as long as he understands everything about me. He's my creator, and that's enough. Now, now here's where this gets so amazing. Christ knew all of that. All the things that we know about God that are so amazing, so wonderful, so, so beyond uh, fully comprehending, and yet we, we catch a glimpse of it. Christ knew all of that, and He knew everything about God that's beyond that. All the things that we don't know, all the things that are beyond our comprehension, all of the amazing, wonderful things that you know about God and the things that you imagine about God and the things that are beyond even imagining about God, that's who Jesus is. But he was willing to let go 
Now, I want to be careful here. There are several heresies that have developed through the centuries over misunderstandings of this particular truth. When Jesus was here, he was still fully divine. He was still fully God. And yet, he willingly allowed himself to suffer the same reality we face. I can't explain that one either. How Jesus could be fully God and fully man at the same time is way beyond my ability to comprehend. But I'm glad he did. Because that means that God fully understands us. He's been here. Jesus knows what temptation is like. He knows what pain is like. He knows what frustration feels like. He knows what it feels like to be bone weary at the end of the day. Now knowing that, realizing that Jesus understands that, that's amazing to me. And realizing he did that by choice. (laughs) That's something even more. He willingly subjected himself to all of that and more. Why would you do that? Why would you give up all that it means to be fully, completely, totally in the glories of heaven that go beyond what we can imagine, to leave that and come into this. Why? Well, because of something else we need to understand about Christ. He was willing to let go. But he was also willing to die. Look at verse 8. This is the next stanza in this hymn. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus was willing to let go. He was willing to empty himself. The king taking on the nature of a servant. He came to us because we couldn't go to him. He became like us because we could never be like Him. He took on our pain, our hurt, and ultimately our guilt because there was no other way. He was completely obedient all the way to the cross. And that's the thing we need to understand. You see, Jesus could have stopped this process at any point. He could have looked at that manger and said, you know, that hay is going to be really scratchy. I don't want to lay down in that. I'm not going down there. But he didn't. He came and was born in the most humble of circumstances, in a feed trough. He did that for us. When his own people God's people. That that God, and again, Jesus is God, that He had delivered from Egypt, that He had brought through the wilderness, that He had brought to the promised land, that He had blessed over and over again, that He had forgiven over and over and over again, that He had allowed them to have such wonders and joys in His fellowship. 
When they rejected him, Jesus could have stopped the process at any point and said, You know, I've had enough of this. This isn't working. You guys aren't listening to me anyway. I'm going back. But he didn't. He continued to teach. He continued to perform miracles. He continued to reach out. Why? Because we desperately needed him. When he healed those who didn't even take time to thank him. When those who claimed to know the scriptures ignored him. Jesus could have shrugged his shoulders and gone far away. Far, far away. When his own disciples abandoned him. Even Peter denying him. When Judas, one of his chosen ones, betrayed him, Jesus could have said, enough. You guys do whatever you want to do. I'm out of here. I'm going home. When they put him through the most unfair of trials, when they sentenced him to a crime, or for a crime that he didn't even commit, when they beat him, when they whipped him, when they spit on him. And at any moment, Jesus could have called it all to an end. When the Roman soldier lifted the hammer to drive the nail, Jesus could have brought it all to a stop. But he didn't. For one reason. You. You're the reason Jesus stayed. You are the reason Jesus Endured all the insults, all the shame. You're the reason that he stayed there on that cross. We all bear the responsibility. He did that because there was no other way for our sins to be forgiven. He stayed here for you. Twice I have had doctors stay after hours, once for me and once for my daughter. Uh, while I was growing up in Austin, I fell and cut my arm at my own birthday party. We hadn't lived in, in the area long enough to have a, a doctor, and they didn't have the emergency. Well, they had emergency rooms, but it wasn't quite the same like it is today. They didn't have the urgent care stuff and everything. And, and so um, my, my mom didn't really know what to do. She asked all the kids there at the party, uh, do any of you know a doctor? And, and, and one of the kids chimed in, my dad's a doctor, and he was a doctor, a proctologist, but he was a doctor. And he was very kind and gracious on a Saturday. He let us go up to his office and he sewed up my arm. And other than a really cool scar that I still have today, everything turned out okay. The second time was when my daughter ran into a bridge in Texas and broke her tooth. That's another long story. But anyway, it also was on a Saturday, and Saturday evening actually. And, and we found a dentist that very kindly came into the office on a Saturday evening and glued her teeth back together. Now, both times... I was twice thankful. I was thankful there was somebody who knew how to fix what was wrong. And I was thankful that there was a doctor willing to stay and fix it. Folks, there's only one who knows how to fix what's wrong with me and what's wrong with you. And I am eternally glad that he stayed to fix it. Jesus died on the cross for our sins because no one less than God could do that. 
And that's a, a truth we celebrate every Sunday. We celebrate it during the Christmas season. We celebrate it during the Easter season. We sing about it over and over again. But that shouldn't just be on the holiday. It shouldn't just be on Sunday. The songs and the hymns that we sing ought to remind us every day of what we should do. Jesus did this for us. And that's the reason we can live in the same attitude. He gave up everything for us. We should be ready to give up everything for Him. In your order of worship. These, these wonderful hymns that we have sung today. Look at them. Think about this. Come, O oh come, Emmanuel. Jesus has come. We sang about that today. Come, thou long-expected Jesus. This same child who was born in the manger was foretold by the prophets hundreds of years before. What child is this? This child like no other. This Jesus. Emmanuel. Here I am to worship. We came here this morning to praise His name, to give thanks to God, to pour out our worship before the Savior. Now tomorrow, before you start your week, whether you're going to work, whether you're going to school, whether you've you got your daily activities, sing a song. Now, maybe it won't come out quite as beautifully as the choir did a minute ago. <laughs> That's okay. Maybe you'll have to find the, the furthest closet from the furthest door from the furthest room where everybody else is. <laughs> That's okay. God will still hear you. And just as Paul, as he was writing the Philippians, as he says, have the same attitude of Christ, and then he, he breaks into a, a hymn reminding us why we should have that same attitude of Christ. Let that song you sing remind you, this week I'm going to live in the attitude of Jesus. As I face the stuff that I'm going to face, there's things going to happen that aren't going to rub me the right way. I'm going to face it with the attitude of Christ. And I'm going to be faced with some pretty big challenges, some significant things are going to come along this week, but... But that's okay because I'm going to face it with the attitude of Christ. And I'm going to have some good things that are going to, have to, me, that are going to happen. I'm going to have some good things that are going to, going to create some real smiles on my face. I'm not going to let those detract me from the one who provided the blessing. Because I'm going to have the attitude of Christ. Sing a song. And even more importantly, let your life be a song in praise to the Savior. Remember this verse. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Heavenly Father, we all need an attitude check from time to time. It's just part of being human. <laughs> because there are so many things in this world that are frustrating. So many things in this world that, that just don't work out. But you know that. 
Because you've been here. You have walked the path that we walk. You understand what frustration feels like. You understand what heartache and hurt. You know what that means. And so, God, we come to you in confidence, asking that you heal us, asking that you guide us, asking that you help us have the, the attitude of Jesus. Help us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.